Hi there, it's Samuel Chong. I thought I'd drop in and say hello to all you listeners out there and welcome to the first episode of The Marketer's Guide. This podcast is all about figuring things out in marketing. In this first episode, I speak to Mason Cosby and we talk about all things marketing from podcasting to personal branding to LinkedIn and more. I really enjoyed it and I hope you do too. So thanks for tuning in. Today, I have a very special guest joining me for the very first episode, and uh, it's none other than Mason Cosby. So Mason, welcome to the show. Thanks, Samuel. I'm really excited to be here, and I'm honored to be your first guest. That's awesome. So for people who may not know you, uh, I'm sure many do, but for people who may not know you, can you tell us a bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, so there's there's really two uh, sides from a marketing professional career. Uh, just from a, the marketing community that that knows me at all. And um, it, it's funny because I, I view myself as a very, very small fish in a very, very large pond. Um, so for the vast majority of people that probably don't know who I am, <laughs> I, uh, I serve as the marketing director of a marketing agency called Mojo Media Labs. So my day job is marketing, marketing services to marketers. Uh, so I live and breathe marketing for better and for worse. And on top of that, I, in my spare time, run a podcast myself called The Marketing Ladder, where, I, where I'm just interviewing marketing leaders to understand how they built their career and then also plugging the roles that they're hiring for. So um, spend a lot of time really helping marketers grow professionally and uh, ensure that they can help grow revenue for their companies. Awesome. So since marketing career is kind of where you are an expert at, can you maybe share um, a little bit of the background into how you got your first start into marketing? Yeah, so this is going to be a surprising story because uh, <laughs> uh, the the irony is um, I, I've started to gain a lot of awareness around marketing careers, but the whole purpose of me even starting my own podcast was to also learn myself how to build a career. Um, I am about three years into my marketing career. So my career started uh, with COVID. Uh, I was laid off as a result of COVID. Um, I had been working as an advertising ad executive um, for a print magazine in yeah, 2018 and 2019, which is surprising in and of itself that print ad sales were still around. Um, and then, yeah, COVID hit and I was laid off. And um, a, a major part of my story is the month before I got laid off, I had gotten engaged and I had bought a house. So I had a mortgage. Uh, had a soon-to-be wife and uh, no prospects of an opportunity. So I, I applied to literally over a thousand jobs. Um, oh. The f- the week after I got laid off, I literally had 15 interviews lined up. Um, I I think I went to upwards of 150 to 200 interviews over the course of four months, and nothing, no no job offers, no anything. Um, people were on a hiring freeze. I had no connections. I had. Um, the only background that I had was the ability to sell print ads, which were not needed. Mm-hmm. So um, that is how I got my start in marketing because someone was fortunate enough after that many interviews, um, I had a very, very lucky break. I was interviewing for a $12 an hour call center position mm-hmm. with a recruiting agency that said, you're way overqualified to be in a call center. Why don't we float your resume to this other company that hasn't even posted their marketing job yet? And I said, okay. Uh, and I got that job. And fast forward a couple of years later, uh, I've been doing B2B marketing for roughly two and a half years. And uh, 
I, I'm now at Mojo and that is high level how I even landed in marketing. It was honestly a, a bit of a surprise to me. I didn't know I would enjoy marketing. It was out, more out of a, I need a job. I need to be able to provide for a future family. And the more mm -hmm. I got into it, the more I absolutely fell in love with it and saw the major impact that marketing can have on a business and really the lives of everyone around it. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I, I love marketing as well. Um, my career went into a few different directions. I started in marketing, then I went to real estate sales. And then um, I think like you, um, because of COVID and because I, I moved to a different country, I had to rebuild my career from scratch uh, in a new environment with no network. Um, and I wanted to go into marketing again. So it's, yeah, it's, it's the COVID <laughs> career switch, I guess, for most of us. Um, and it's almost by necessity more than it's like a drive. But the fact is, once you're in, um, I don't know about you, but it's like so exciting because there's so many things to learn and so many great people to meet. And I think you are one of those that I've met on LinkedIn only because I've been active there and I see that you're active and I saw that you have the Marketing Ladder podcast. So can you maybe share, um, you did say a little bit about the fact that you started the podcast because you're interested to grow your career as well. But I'd like to hear the genesis story of, of this podcast and who inspired you or you know, what really pushed you over the edge to start the podcast? Yeah, so the on top of just a general love of marketing careers, as I had gotten into my career, I had people sort of to take notice because I, I was fairly quickly growing in my career. Because um, I mean, to go from marketing analyst to marketing director in just a couple of years at a reputable agency, people were, were starting to, that, that had known me previously. They were like, you are doing something totally different than we all thought you would be doing. What are you doing? How are you growing in your career? So I'd hop on calls on a fairly frequent basis and just kind of walk people through what I, what I had been doing. And I realized that I've got only my own experience and my experience is not going to work for everybody. Um, getting a start in marketing by literally applying to a thousand jobs in a pandemic, um, <laughs> most people do not have the desire or drive to do that. Mm. So that, that advice is just not going to work for a lot of people. <laughs> um, so that, that's kind of where marketing careers has always been in the back of my mind. Um, yeah. On top of that, I do have a vision for my life that I would inevitably build a business that helps people achieve financial independence and truly live out a life that they enjoy. And when I look at the profession of marketing, you can really market anything. Mm. So as long as you learn the practical skills of marketing, you can end up serving an industry that you love and really helping grow in whatever industry or passion you have. So from there... I had been trying to start a, a podcast at Mojo. It kind of kept, kept falling to the wayside because people are super busy. And when, when you don't have a clear business objective, and it's just like, I know this is the right thing to do. I don't know how to, how to prove that. Um, I've never run a podcast that like had massive success. I've never built my own personal brand. Like I have not done those things, but I know those are the right things to do. As I look around the market, um, there, there's clearly something here. So um, someone threw out the idea of doing a live show on LinkedIn. I made a, a joke in the comments and they said, sure, like we can do a live show together. And then a couple other people commented on it that were executive marketing leaders. And I was like, oh, shoot, like we've got a live show that has no topic, um, but people want to do it. And from there, I said, okay, 
like, what would we talk about? And the other guy was like, actually, I don't have the bandwidth to like commit to a live show. So like, you can go ahead and like run with it. I'm happy to be a guest on your show. <laughs> um, so I ended up then being like just having a show with like guests lined up that had no topic and no name. And I was like, all right, let's do it around marketing careers. The concept of the marketing ladder was actually a throwaway name. I, um, I thought I was going to call about the name, but, uh, it's, it's so perfect. I mean, it describes exactly, you know, we are in a marketing career and we're climbing the marketing ladder. Yep. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, and I, I, I didn't, I didn't intend for that to be the name. I, I threw out a poll on LinkedIn because LinkedIn polls got a ton of engagement, if I'm being honest. And it was like a way to raise awareness that I was launching a podcast. So I said, like, what should the name be? And I thought it was crazy that I had like seven guests lined up that were like CMOs, business owners, like right. massive names. And I was like, what is happening? Um, mm. So I, yeah, made a poll and uh, threw out a bunch of titles and the marketing ladder got like 180 votes. Um, of the 200 votes that were submitted. And I was like, oh, all right, this is it. Yeah, I mean, like, it was just so clear. Um, and then from there, with a LinkedIn poll, you can actually see who votes. So I then <laughs> asked all the VPs and CMOs that voted on the poll if they would be guests on the show once it launched. Um, so it was a great way to, to drum up. Right yeah, yeah, great way to drum up new guests. So that's that's really the start. It Like, a clear opportunity arose and I, I wasn't intentional to, to find that opportunity, but I said, okay, like, what does it look like to functionally build a podcast? And I just figured it out as I went and I'm still figuring it out. If you go listen to the show, there's still no intro and outro music. I have no desire to put an intro or outro music, but it keeps working. So I'm going to keep doing it. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm not going to put an intro music or outro music to this show either. Um, I'm, I'm truly a fan of uh, this guy called Jonathan Stark. Um, I listen to him a lot. Uh, and he said something on one of his podcasts about breaking the rules. Um, you know, no one says you have to have an intro music. Um, it's fine to break the rules. And, uh, you know, almost like, you know, just because everyone's doing it doesn't mean you have to. Yeah, so I, I think that's great. I mean, you're close to, I don't know, it's like 50 episodes. I think you pre-released uh, episode 50 early. Yeah. It was a great episode with Chris Walker, by the way. Um, Thank you. And yeah, now having interviewed, you know, these 50 people, I mean, there's so many stories there and uh, a lot of times it's people, you know, taking the next opportunity, you know, getting into marketing, starting to figure it out. And I think that's the premise of our show here today, which is marketing is figureoutable. Mm -hmm. um, it's not beyond the reach of your everyday folk. And I think many people, maybe yourself, um, Included, uh, we did not study marketing in university, uh, but we happened to come into it, and and a lot of people actually enjoy it, and so they stuck out, uh, you know, this long. And so, what's the most um, enjoyable part about this process of your career or even the podcast? What has been the most enjoyable thing that you, you know, you you love like doing every day? So by the nature that I, I do market to marketers, like my, I recognize that how my, my job is different than marketing to a different profession. So essentially like what I love about what I get to do right now is my job is to understand how to do marketing and then educate other marketers on how to do marketing. Mm. And that is marketing. Like that's my, <laughs> like, it's this weird meta thing. So like, I recognize yeah, right. that that's a unique piece 
Mm. But for, for me, I mean, it is having the opportunity to look at something and saying, okay, what's, what's the objective? Now, how can we reverse engineer the objective to then build out some tactical execution, mm. which is super fun yeah. and um, like actually get to do some cool stuff and yeah. grow a business. Like that's the fun part for me. Yep. And it's, it's you learning and then teaching and applying what you learn pretty much. And I think it sounds like, uh, you know, all of us are really at this kind of very interesting uh, state of marketing where, you know, it's no longer the traditional marketing and people are, you know, kind of over that. And I think that's where your recent podcast with Chris um, was, I think, really awesome. He said something along the lines of, you know, again, controversial. There's no more, the era of the T-shaped marketer is over. Uh, and now we are actually business professionals who specialize in marketing because at the end of the day, if you're not growing a business or if you're not contributing to revenue, what are you doing really? <laughs> yeah, and I, there, there are points where I agree with Chris. Mm. There are points where I don't necessarily 100% agree. Mm. So for, for example, do I believe that the T-shaped marketer is completely gone? Actually, no. Do mm. I believe that the T-shaped marketer is the ideal endpoint? Also, mm. no. Like, I think I mean, in order to functionally grow a successful career as a marketer, you have to be T-shaped at some point. Yes. Because you have to learn how to specialize. But how do you know where to specialize if you haven't done a sampling across the board? Right. So you get the sampling, then you go really deep into like your specialty. And then you learn the complementary skills to your specialty. And then that's when you become a, a full stack marketer. Mm. And from there, you can then elevate your thinking to more business objective based. That is a business professional specialized in marketing. So I think it's, it's not that the T-shaped marketer is, is dead. You know, that's, <laughs> that's the good headline. That's right. Ebooks are dead. T-shaped marketing <laughs> is dead. Like everything's dead. Email is dead. <laughs> yeah, everything's dead. It's and it makes a great headline. It gets tons yeah. of clicks. That's but right. the reality is, I, I I think that the T-shaped marketer in and of itself was marketed as the ideal version of a marketer. Whereas I think the reality mm -hmm. is it's a step in the journey that a marketer takes in their career yes. to become a T-shaped marketer. Yes. I tend to think of it as an hourglass shape, if that makes sense. You talk about the full funnel, full stack marketer. You know, you start broad to experiment, to find your fit and you start to niche down. And that's where I guess the T-shape kind of makes sense. Um, mm -hmm. But I think for people, perhaps like you and I in the mid, you know, uh, mid stage of the career where we've discovered where our skill sets lie, you know, you almost kind of, you know, again, with the hourglass, you kind of almost have to broaden again to cut, to, to start to take, take up complementary skills to kind of like uh, build out your experience and um, just business acumen, I put it this way. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's definitely a controversial st uh, headline statement. Uh, and I think it captured a lot of attention there. Um, so let's go, go back to, you know, marketing as a topic. Um, so if you could explain marketing, what is marketing to you? And if, you know, if it helps, how would you explain marketing to a 10 year old kid? 
Yeah. Um, so to a 10 year old, I would explain it as what marketing does is it helps people recognize that there's a potential problem, but that there's also viable solutions mm. and that you don't have to struggle with whatever you're experiencing. Hey, could you give an example? So if I'm a 10 year old kid, <laughs> give me an example that I understand um, of, you know, understanding there are problems that can have solutions. To a 10 year old and I'm thinking most 10 year old boys really want to run fast. And like mm. the, the measure of success for a 10 year old kid is like who runs the fastest. Mm. And, you know, I could talk to a 10 year old kid and say, Hey, I, I know that sometimes it's really difficult because you're trying to, to beat all your friends in races, but sometimes your friends are actually a little bit faster than you. Mm. A lot of that is actually related to how you're able to run. And if you want to run faster, you, you could get a different kind of shoe that actually promotes better and faster running. Mm. So if you're trying to beat all your friends in a race, you might want to look into some new Nike shoes. Mm. <laughs> so that is, again, identifying that they have a problem yes, and relating to them and framing them as um, it, really relating it back to the things that they value. So they want to be faster than all our friends because mm. that's the measure of success. Yeah. And then saying, hey, here's a way that you can achieve that success. That's awesome. Um, indirectly marketing to me right now, um, uh, Nike shoes. <laughs> but yeah, no sponsors. <laughs> no sponsors. Uh, Mark, uh, Nike, if you're hearing this, uh, we, are, <laughs> we are marketers without shoes here. You know, yeah, that's perfect. I mean, at the end of the day, um, and this is the thing I like about marketing. It's a creative career. Um, people think marketing nowadays, it's a lot of data analytics and numbers, um, which is true. It, it is those things. But at the end of the day, the way I think about marketing is that it's problem solving, right? And problem solving is another word for creative thinking. And so I think, um, um, you know, amongst all the creative things we do every day from writing to you know, doing Canva templates and designs. Um, problem solving is probably the most creative thing we do every day. And a lot of times I think, you know, if you are a good problem solver, you tend to be a good marketer. Correct me if I'm wrong. I, I would say if you're a good problem solver, you tend to be a good business professional mm. because the way that I, I've got maybe like five really solid original pieces of advice. So here's one of the five things I can probably offer. Every job posting is simply someone saying, I have a problem and I need a solution. Mm -hmm. So if you look at a job posting and you recognize somebody is just saying, I need some help. I need somebody to come fill this role and make this problem go away. Mm -hmm. You then frame yourself as, as the solution to their problem. You then become a problem solver. And it doesn't matter if you're in marketing or sales or customer success or finance or operations. Like It doesn't matter where you land. People like it when you can identify problems and then offer viable solutions. Now, by the nature that we are in marketing, marketing kind of touches all areas of the business, if we're being honest. Mm. And so by that nature, it's like, you can look at our pipeline is slow. Like we've got a really slow pipeline. We've got deals that are stuck in there for 180 to you know, 270 days. And we need a, we really ideally based on industry benchmarks should have like a 90 day sales pipeline. There are 
literally hundreds of ways you could approach accelerating your pipeline. Do you go more brand? Do you go into pipeline acceleration place? Do you develop more case studies, right? More block, like there's just an absurd number of things you could do. So I think that that's why a lot of marketers lean really, really heavy into the concept that they are problem solvers because unlike something where, and again, I this is an oversimplification. So I'm sorry to all my finance friends, but like if you mess up on the books because you're not tracking your expenses properly, there's some there's very few ways to solve that. You implement better expense tracking. Whereas when you're in marketing, there's again countless ways you can actually solve the problem that you're facing. Um, so I agree that marketers are problem solvers, but I also think that just the best business people are problem solvers. It's just that marketing typically is solving more complex, not complex, more abstract problems than concrete problems at times. Um, typically for uh, businesses, obviously marketing, it's going to be very closely tied to revenue and sales. And that's what uh, our contribution really is from the, I guess, for the business uh, point of view. Uh, you mentioned earlier about um, yeah, you know, just gaining a bit more experience uh, around the business. Do you have any advice or tips that you can share on how would someone gain more experience, uh, not just as a marketer, but really, you know, to know the business that they are serving better? Yes, um, three ways. One, if you can simply ask in your organization, like, hey, what are some of the biggest problems that we're experiencing? Could I try to could I try to solve some of our problems? So for example, within Mojo, there's some confusion around, we, we use an agile points system so that if you're in a retainer, like we have certain point values that are assigned to certain activities and it's all agile and it's run on sprint plans and all those fun things that we use the, uh, the agile marketing method. But our point system is confusing to both internal and external people. And it's been a pain point for about a year. So I finally said, hey, can I take a stab at that? Like, can I just try to fix this problem? So yeah, I'm, I'm working on developing and overhauling essentially our points and pricing system. Is that my job? No. But again, it's something that gets me more exposure to the business as a whole and helps me better understand all of the things that go into our business. And if I can crack the code on how to do better points-based systems, I can then actually do better marketing around our marketing retainers because I understand it and I've made it simple. So simply ask. Um, the second way is to do some freelancing because if you're freelancing, you're actually a small business owner and you have to manage invoicing. You have to manage billing. You have to manage uh, project management, you have to manage client relationships, you have to manage marketing and sales and long-term success and onboarding and offboarding and everything in between. So if you do a little bit of freelancing, you have a far greater appreciation for what actually goes into building a business. And then finally, and I think this is the, the lowest hanging fruit opportunity, um, build a passion project of some kind. So for example, the marketing ladder is a passion project, it has no revenue. This is a passion project. Like there's currently no revenue, but um, I have to manage a lot of expectations. I've got to figure out guests. I've got to do editing. Like I've got to manage my time well. 
Like there's a lot that goes into managing my podcast because my podcast has now become like its own entity. Mm. Like people recognize the marketing ladder as its own thing. It's got a brand that has some legs to it. People have asked to sponsor the show. People are asking about ways to potentially monetize the show. And people are asking me to do more with it. So by the nature that I have all of these things happening, I then have way better conversations with Mojo because I understand what it is to manage. In a, and again, I want to be very clear in a very, very small way, like not millions of rep dollars revenue, but I understand a little bit more. I have a little bit more empathy. Um, so to, to understand more business acumen and get better exposure, like it, those are really the three ways that I think anybody can do it. Yeah. And would you advise um, someone in a, in a role, you know, a full-time role in marketing, like many times passion projects, side projects um, are not looked at as something they should pursue <laughs> um, in the sense of, you know, employers being concerned about perhaps em employer branding, um, you know, you taking away, uh, you know, being less focused perhaps on your jobs. Uh, but I know, I mean, disclaimer here, but I know a lot of marketers, yourself, myself included, where the company is really supportive of us pursuing all these things because ultimately the skills that we learn from all these passion projects actually add back to, you know, what we do on a day job, really. So what would you say to someone in, in a position where, you know, they may or may not be sure whether they can kind of pursue, you know, freelancing or, you know, passion projects like this, like what other ways could they kind of like get more experience, if that makes sense, uh, more experience or more exposure or, you know, just ways for them to, to build more knowledge around um, growing their careers. Yeah. So for starters, um, you know, I like with Mojo Media Labs, I did sign a non-compete agreement that I wouldn't like do freelance work with our ideal clients. With that said, I still could do freelance work, but I actively choose not to, but by the nature of my role being that I market our agency, I'm not working on client work. Like my job is to bring in sales conversations. So if you're in a situation where there is a non-compete agreement, um, you know, it, it's a matter of having conversations if you want to go the route of freelancing. So for example, if you work at a B2B agency, work with nonprofit organizations, work with B2C organizations, like there's no com competition there because it's a completely different space. Um, and if, if they have problems with, with you freelancing, there's, there's a balance. And I want to be very, very candid to this balance of what you do in your spare time doesn't really impact your day job. Like, and there's a balance there and I want to be respectful of that. But at the same time, like if you don't go poach your company's clients and freelance with your company's clients and you're not doing anything that is competitive and it has no impact on your business that you work for, that should be okay. If it's not, then that, that might be a sign that it, it, it's potentially more in your benefit to look to work somewhere else. Yeah. Because that means that they're not actually prioritizing your growth as an individual. So that's, that's one thing. 
if you love where you work, but they are really like, no, you, you shouldn't freelance. That's why I also recommend the passion project because the passion project, no, I mean, there, there's no direct or indirect competition. Like I, again, I actually pay money to do the marketing ladder. So like what, what ends up happening for Mojo in this situation is we've actually developed a killer candidate pipeline that follows my content. So whenever we make a post, like I've literally in the past two weeks generated 15 candidates to apply for our jobs, half of which are in the final stages of the interview process for three different roles. So like that's super helpful for Mojo. Um, and I have conversations face-to-face with CMOs that otherwise wouldn't talk to us, not because they don't like us, but because they're all busy. Yep. So there's... Like if you really, really want to do something, you want to grow and you can't do freelancing, build a passion project and then frame it as to how it benefits your company that you are doing extra things that are related to your space outside of company time. It was massively beneficial to Mojo that I started the marketing ladder and it, they, they are literally not paying me to do it. Yeah. That's that's awesome. And I think it's a great segue into talking about personal branding um, because, you know, obviously it's a buzzword right now, personal branding and all that. And uh, I think marketers, uh, you know, by nature, the fact that we do marketing on a day-to-day basis, we understand um, the buyer's journey. We understand what it means to, you know, grow a brand. Uh, we should be good at personal branding, right? And, you know, I think it's a good segue to talk about personal branding because, you know, Mason, I think most people um, know you from the marketing ladder. You know, you've built up the personal brand around your podcast, around being just a guy who loves to help others in growing their careers. And, and plus, you're also a marketing director for an agency. So can you share more about this? What is, what is personal branding, at least for you? And how do you think uh, marketers should think about it and in a way of creating competitive advantages for themselves and perhaps even their careers? Yeah. So to give you context as to why I got so bullish on building a personal brand is again, going back to, I was laid off, had a thousand applications and couldn't land a job because I, nobody knew who I was. Like I was an unknown. And what I realized by building a personal brand is I, I can build as an individual, a network of people that will want to purchase services from the companies I work in, which then makes me valuable as an employee, wherever I go. If you want to see another prime example of what that looks like, he's doing it way better than I am because he's been doing it for longer. But Nick Bennett, literally, he has 32,000 followers. He is the director of ABM Field Marketing and Community at a company called Alice that sells technology to marketers. And when I asked Nick on my show, how he got his job, he was like, yeah, they actually just wanted to like have access to the audience. And I also happened to be really, really good at ABM. Wow. But the <laughs> primary reason they hired him was because of his personal brand. I, I didn't know that. That's awesome. So as far as personal branding, like the, the way that it's a competitive advantage is if you, if you know, and this is, this is the caveat if you know where you vaguely 
love to be. So like, I think I will always stick in B2B marketing or I will serve B2B marketers in some capacity because I just love it so much. Mm. I can then build a personal brand that is associated with B2B marketers. So everyone else was talking all about like how to do B2B marketing. I then started to talk about how do you build a B2B marketing career? Mm, yep. That will go with me wherever I go. And again, I, I always give this caveat. I'm not looking to leave Mojo. I love my job, but I also recognize that there is the potential that at some point I might want to, to change jobs or at some point something may happen and I have to change jobs. Mm-hmm. So by the nature that I built a personal brand that is not entirely built around what I'm doing today and has some legs and can go with me, I I can guarantee I'm not getting my next job through a resume stack. I'm getting my job based on the relationships that I built by building a personal brand. That's, I think that's something you can frame up right there. You know, personal branding is a competitive advantage and it's probably, you know, an advice that I wish someone told me when I started out or uh, maybe years ago, you know, before I started out or even before I got active on LinkedIn, I think, you know, to, to think about building yourself up, right? Um, the way I see it is that um, imagine you're a VC of your own uh, business and you are literally putting eggs in different baskets here, right? You know, and uh, whether it's, you know, a full-time job or whether it's, um, starting a podcast or you're freelancing or writing a blog and newsletter, all these are kind of your investments in yourself, if you will. And, you know, as you build that up and, you know, you start to attract like-minded people who are kind of in the same boat, looking for the same things. And you're just sharing what you're, you know, you're sharing and you're, what you're learning. And, um, you know, that, that's the way I see myself as like, um, I, I want to help guide other people, uh, in their careers as well as, you know, kind of be better marketers. Because for me, a lifting tide, you know, lifts all boats. And, mm-hmm. you know, if I get better, if we get better, you know, marketing as a whole, uh, and I'm just using it as a general sense, like marketers everywhere, if we get better, you know, obviously more businesses will be impacted and, you know, we'll make a bigger difference if we all, you know, just share what we are learning. And and the fact is we're all pretty much in the same boat. Um, so that's, that's something that I wish someone told me many years ago in my career. And, um, but the one thing about personal branding that I realized is that it's really not about you. You know, people mistake the fact that personal branding is about telling people about how great you are, you know, what you've accomplished and your own case studies and things like that. But, you know, what I've noticed in recent years is people are cluing into the idea that, you know, it's about giving more than it's about taking. And um, I think your podcast is a great example of, um, you know, how you're giving first uh, rather than just kind of, you know, here to talk about Mason Cosby, you know, marketing director and all that. Um, yeah. So what, what do you think about, you know, how, how would people kind of like do things, um, and build their personal brand uh, right now today, where, where should they start? Yeah, so I think you are spot on with the idea that building a personal brand is around helping others. So what I would recommend is starting by posting on LinkedIn for the express purpose that when you start on LinkedIn, 
you can very easily change what you want to be personally branded as when you're getting started. So you, what you, what you can find, there are a couple of people that I follow that over the past year have changed kind of their, their niche three or four times. Cause I think they're still figuring out what they want to, what they want to be known for. Whereas once you've built a podcast or once you've launched an, a newsletter or once you've launched a maybe less so honestly probably mo- more so the podcast than anything else like that that kind of cements generally what you want to be known for so for example this this call in many ways started or this show in many ways started with me being called a marketing careers expert but i have a podcast on marketing careers where if i had only been talking about marketing careers on linkedin i'd be a guy that was passionate about marketing careers so once you've built your podcast around it and you've gotten some momentum going, like that kind of cements the direction. So I'd recommend starting on LinkedIn, figure out what you actually want to talk about long-term. And then once you're ready to like cement that, build a podcast. And are you active on any other platform other than LinkedIn? Um, I'm curious whether you have a TikTok. I am currently dabbling in TikTok. Yeah. Um, I, I will be candid as of this recording. We haven't posted anything. And I say we intentionally, we have not posted anything in about three weeks. Um, so I don't know if you have seen my TikToks and you're setting me up for, for what, what's to come. But uh, my wife is a nurse. Yes. So we do a series called Medical or Marketing where I ask her about acronyms and she has to define if it's a medical acronym or a marketing acronym and what it means. Mm. And interestingly enough, the largest community that is, has really attached to it has been the medical marketing community. It's like marketers that are in med tech, which <laughs> wasn't bo- like, happy again, accident. I was happy accident. Um, I just, I, I was like, this could be fun. And like, that was, that was the whole impetus. Like this, this is not again for the purpose of business objectives. Like this is really to experiment and understand how the platform works. Um, so that should I ever need to run it for a business objective perspective, I understand some of the dynamics of the platform. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, like, uh, I, I'm sure you are a person who enjoys what you do. Um, can you share more about, you know, just, I guess, how this, you know, doing something for fun, right? Uh, so the podcast started as fun, um, but you also enjoy the process, right? And uh, can you share a bit more about that and how it's something that, you know, I, I personally believe that, you know, if you're not having fun, um, you're not going to keep doing it. Uh, it's not going to be something that you can sustain for a long term. Um, yeah. What's your experience about starting something for fun and, or, you know, how does fun play into this whole idea of, you know, career in marketing or even podcasting and maybe to some extent TikTok? <laughs> yeah. So I think you hit the nail on the head of if you don't enjoy it, you aren't going to stick with it. And success in marketing is dependent upon consistency. Yeah. Now, so as I think on the things that have had the greatest success, greatest impact for my own career, for the companies I worked for, they're things that I actually enjoyed doing. And again, I think that there's two reasons that it also results in long, long-term impact. One, again, it's the consistency piece. Like if you don't do it consistently, you're not going to see results. But two, I don't know if you ever hopped on a, on a webinar and you could like tell that the host like hated being on camera and like didn't want to be there like that those intangible pieces bleed through in your brand 
So if you don't feel like the person, like if you can read it and you're like, wow, this person like hates writing, <laughs> but they like were forced to write a blog. Like this is terrible. Like you're not going to have, like you're not going to enjoy reading the content. You're not going to actually enjoy engaging with the brand. Like yeah. we love engaging with brands that seem like they enjoy what they're doing. Like I saw this post on LinkedIn that was from a not, like somebody that didn't work at Gong, but was just talking about Gong and said, I want to work at a company like Gong and work with a company like Gong because the like the all the employees literally look like they're having the time of their life. And that was the entire post. And it got tons of engagement. And again, the guy didn't work at Gong. Oh dear. <laughs> but if you like wow. so Maybe. nobody wanna works, nobody wants to work with somebody that doesn't enjoy what they're doing. Nobody yes. wants that in their life. So if you don't enjoy <laughs> what you're doing, why would you expect that someone would enjoy consuming what you've created? That's so true. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's something that I think we don't realize it as much, but a lot of people say that they love uh, learning about marketing and they love all aspects of it. But in reality, you know, how how true, you know, how much of that is true really that, you know, you you just love, like there are parts of marketing that's difficult and it's complex. And, you know, you talk about problem solving, um, some problems are hard to solve in marketing and uh, in business as well, of course. So I think it's just about the journey of um, enjoying the journey of figuring things out, enjoying the journey of trying and failing sometimes, uh, but you learn something in the process, right? And so I think that's that's been you know a driving factor for me, I think, in the last few years. And I can see that you enjoy what you're doing. Uh, you enjoy podcasting. You love talking to your guests. I love, you know, hearing, uh, you know, your podcast because I think I, I'm getting a lot of value out of it. And uh, it's clear that the guests themselves also are more than happy to share really their, you know, their story. And so I think this is a good place to kind of wrap up our conversation today. Um, I really enjoyed uh, hearing about you and the marketing ladder and, um, you know, all the exciting things that's about to come for you. I think, you know, you are really at the start of your journey, uh, likewise with me as well. So looking forward to uh, have another chat, maybe uh, in future episodes again. I think we didn't cover everything today. Uh, but yeah, thanks so much for being on the very first episode of The Marketer's Guide, Mason. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. And I'm excited to see this, this podcast take off. That's it for today's episode. I'm Samuel Chong, and I hope you join me next time for The Marketer's Guide.